Welcome to the Unveiling Grace podcast, a place to experience a grace that heals. Allow this grace to take your life and your relationships to another level as it frees you from the weight of performance-based religion. Enjoy another episode as Joel Groh and Lynn Wilder share encouraging stories and candid dialogue that can help you experience a grace that heals. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Unveiling Grace podcast. We are so glad you are with us. Once again, Lynn and I have a guest. Oh, and before we start talking about guests, I am Joel Grote. <laughs> and I'm Lynn Wilder. And we have two awesome guests with us again. Um, Michael Flournoy is actually kind of a special friend of mine. We have a little bit of a history. And if you don't know about our history, um, you might want to go to the first episode with Michael Flournoy and Brianna Flournoy. Um, Michael has a book coming out. Michael does a podcast. And um, I think you'll be really interested in his journey. Michael and Brianna, welcome back. Thank you. Good to be here. <laughs> We're so glad to have you guys on the podcast. Yeah. So Michael, I think uh, you are going to keep on with your story. You talked about transitioning out of your performance-based religion, which was Mormonism. And you were talking about just kind of the reaction of your family, what you began to face as you made your exit, just because you were well known as someone who was a defender um, of Mormonism and a staunch one at that. So mm -hmm. we're gonna let you kind of pick up there with whatever details you wanna do. If you wanna back up a little bit from last week, that's absolutely fine. Yeah, Michael was a bit of a Mormon apologist. He wrote a book called A Biblical Defense of Mormonism a few years ago before God got a hold of his life. Yes, uh, so once I once I transitioned out, I started attending a Christian church and, and, uh, and things were going really well. And I think the biggest fear that I had was just telling my family about my transition. In fact, I was more afraid to tell my family about what had happened than any fear that I had had uh, previously. And it was so bad that I just kept procrastinating it and procrastinating it. And before I knew it, six months had gone by and it was the end of the month. And I just told myself, I'll tell them in January. It's my New Year's resolution. I'm finally going to come out. <laughs> Didn't you kind of do the same thing with your wife at the time? I did. <laughs> Without telling her, okay. And you yep. didn't learn anything. From I that. didn't learn anything from that. I don't like conflict. And I was like, somehow, I'm like, this is just, it's just like, God, can't you just tell them for me? And it was kind of. <laughs> The and wrong you, thought. And you have one of these wonderful, sweet, um, very sincere Mormon families. Yes. Oh, they're great. They yeah. are. I mean, they're they're one of the best families that you could ask for. And yet I was still terrified. Now I had one younger brother named Daniel who left the church before me. And he was kind of the black sheep of the family, you know, the middle child. And they gave him a really hard time when he left. Wow. And I'm like, oh, if I leave, it's going to be really bad because I'm the firstborn, the, the first one to go on a mission. Uh, I'm the one that's been defending the church. You know, if I leave, this is not going to be pretty. And then I was witnessing things because I had another brother who was less active. You know, he still believed in it. He just wasn't attending. And I remember we all went to lunch one day and my mom called him an apostate. And I'm, oh, wow. sitting, I'm sitting there like, oh, <laughs> 
if he's an apostate, <laughs> what does that make me? Yeah, pretty much. It's like I guess I'm a I guess I'm a son of perdition then. If he's an apostate, I'm I'm basically Korahor. That's uh the Antichrist in the Book of Mormon. They found everybody found out, my in-laws found out, and my family found out right before Christmas. And it was another situation where I didn't tell them and they found out on their own. So So what tipped them off? I mean, how did they find out? Well, I'd done this interview with with Dave Bortozowick and somehow it ended up on Facebook and they ended up finding it. And so I got a call from my brother who left and he said, Hey, uh, dad is, you know, and some of the family, they're watching that video right now. And it was maybe two days before Christmas and I was supposed to go see oh, them. I'm like, man. no, no, not now. They can't be watching this now. <sighs> it's so stressful. And, and he kind of talked to them and, and some, I mean, he knew already. My brother knew, but he told me that they were just going to sweep it all under the rug because it was Christmas. And, and then we would talk about it after that. Mm. So, so did they, did you end up going home for Christmas and I did in there? Yeah, I was there for Christmas and it was incredibly awkward because they were all smiles and, and that there's this big elephant in the room and we weren't talking about it. Mm. But then I think I was still there the next day and they finally opened up to me a little bit about it. And I remember they, they called me really, really soon after Christmas too, and kind of gave me a hard time about not telling them. And I just said that I'd been afraid that they were going to, that it was going to hurt my relationship with them. And they were so understanding. They said that they loved me and that that was never going to get in the way of my relationship with them. And then my dad said that when he joined the church, his, his family threatened to disown him and he said he wasn't about to turn around and do the same thing to me. Wow, that is so cool. Now, have they held true to that? Has that held true now over how long has it been since that Christmas? It's It's been uh, coming on four years now okay. since then. And my entire family, I still have a fantastic relationship with all of them. Um, nothing That's is such a blessing. Changed. Wow. Yeah, it is. I mean, when I, when I called the rest of them, because I finally learned my lesson and I called my siblings and, and just told them. Mm -hmm. And they all said the same thing to me. They said, we disagree with you, but we still respect you. And my, my father-in-law found out uh, right before Christmas too, because he was staying at our house with his wife. And so he gave me a pretty hard time about it the next day too, saying, you know, how could you of all people leave? You were so good at defending it. Yeah. And, he, and then he goes, I know what happened. You stopped reading your scriptures and praying. Wow. Now, Lynn, isn't that pretty typical, though? If somebody makes a choice to no longer believe, if they become convinced the church isn't true, is that a pretty typical response? Oh, well, the problem is you. It's because you didn't do one of any number of things enough or anymore. Yeah, but imagine really believing it. I mean, when you really believe it, you can't imagine that logic plays in or you know, you think it has to be some kind of error on the part of that person because it's true and it's the only thing that's true. And so, I mean, I totally get where they're coming from, but yes, I think, wouldn't you say, Michael, it, it's not an unusual reaction, right? I don't think it's unusual at all. I mean, yeah. you you have to come up with some other reason that somebody would leave the church besides that it's not true. And there's so many of them that are out there. It's like, oh, either you wanted to sin or you intellectualized your way out of the church. That was the one that they used on me, by the way. I intellectualized mm -hmm. my way out. Um, or what are Couldn't live the commandments. So you said something when we were getting ready for this, that uh, Brianna's story, 
your current wife. Well, maybe you should fill us in on your first wife, just so people aren't confused because we have Brianna here. So what happened then as a result of your faith and with her? So my first wife did not, um, she'd had some bad experiences with, with Christians earlier on. And so she, I think had some resentment. And then when I became a Christian, it was, I think the last straw to an already struggling marriage. And so she did file for divorce, said that there's nothing I could do to change her mind. And then she went through with it um, in May of 2018. 2018. Do you know what some of those negative experiences were with Christians from her past? Yeah. Was that something she ever talked to you about? It was she, me, wasn't it, Mike? <laughs> no, it wasn't you. It was it was some people from earlier on in our marriage uh, that that we ran into because I would go do public debates, and I think some of them just probably came on a little bit too bold with her trying to share the gospel, and so she just didn't didn't like it. Okay, so, so how does Brianna come into your life, and how so, are her parents doing with all of this? Because <laughs> Brianna is also from a Mormon home, huh? Yeah, you would think that I would be done with everything after dealing with two LDS families, but I'm just that much of a sucker for punishment, I guess. (laughs) So Brianna had only left the church. uh, How long before I came up to find you? Let's see. Um, So you came down in September. I left the church in late April. Um, Of what year? Of 2018, same year that they got divorced. Okay. Um, I had no idea. But um, yeah, uh, we were dating in August. So that was like, what, three, four months after I was saved? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So so I made arrangements. I think we were just, uh, we were just talking like through Skype and things at first, but I'd made arrangements to go up to California and go meet her. And before I could get up there, tell them. What happened with your family? Oh, they ran into the same video that his family ran into <laughs> with oh, his my. interview. <laughs> with Trying Ray. to Google Michael Flournoy, right? <laughs> yes, oh, yes. God. And I walk out there in the living room, and they're watching it. And they're like, my mom, she was there. And she's like, Brianna, your boyfriend here, like, he's anti-Mormon. Like, she has a Spanish accent. Sorry. <laughs> so, oh, that's okay. Um. Yeah, and so I'm just like, uh, how did you find this? And they're like, uh, YouTube. I'm like, great. <laughs> oh man, so you just, were. Yeah, it was just so. Awkward. So he was your boyfriend at that point, but they never yeah. met him. Yeah. Um, and so my mom didn't know that he was like an apologist who went out and spoke, um, and debated about it. So it was kind of a, kind of a surprise for them, um, and she was a little worried for me. Because, uh, you know, she was hoping that, you know, I would at some point come back. Um, I had, I've had i had people from the church when I left, they told me that I have no doubt that you're going to come back someday because you're just so sweet. And, like, that's what they would say. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. But yeah. Because yeah. Christian is all about behavior, right? It's being nice. So that's Christian behavior. In fact, you you used the word saved a little while ago. That was before I was saved or after I was saved. 
probably some of the people that are listening won't know what that means. Um, new believers. Yeah. <laughs> don't mean to put you on the spot, but uh, well, it's kind of that one moment. It's really significant when you just suddenly you, you fully believe in what Jesus did for you. And that, um, um, I don't know, it's just, it's kind of a almost not magical. It's, it's really something different. Um, it is mystical spiritual. though. I mean, yeah, there's a very supernatural element to conversion yeah. to, yeah. Very, yeah, it is a miracle. And it's, it's something that you just, when you experience it, it's, it's life changing. Oh, and it wow. changes your heart, everything internally, something just a switch comes on. And, uh, and so what's happening in your life then when this happens, can you tell us a little bit about that um, experience? Because you were a committed Mormon, right? I mean, you were yeah, very I mean, involved, had, very dedicated. I had a, I had a calling, um, in the church. I was a primary teacher. Um, for the sunbeams. So those are the little kids. The little kids, yes, yeah. were like ages four through five, and I loved my calling. It was the one thing every week that I looked forward to every every week. You actually volunteered um, for that calling, right? Uh, before that, before I got that calling, I I volunteered as uh, in the nursery, uh, which okay. is like really really young kids who were between the ages of one and three. <laughs> So, so you were expected to have a temple marriage and do all of the normal Mormon things, found something on the internet or well, into question? Uh, so at some point during my later teens, I was going through, I was struggling with my faith. Um, I was a very devout Mormon, um, but I had come to questioning God if, whether he existed or not. And I was, I was kind of on the, I was, I considered myself more of an agnostic, but I didn't tell people about that. I was right. still going to church and going through the motions, but I didn't really believe for several years. Um, so then does Jesus invade your life as someone who's agnostic then? Yes, he did, actually. Um, and he was working through my life in little ways. And I, I was kind of, you know, looking at myself in my life and I, I, I felt like I wasn't doing what I should be. Um, there was, I was not living my life up to what I, what I should have been doing. Okay. Um, and then, uh, I started to wonder if the church really was true. And if, if God is real, then I need to know like, if this is the true church or if there's something else out there. And that's what kind of led me into Christianity and led me out of the church. I was going to say, so then where did you first encounter the gospel of grace? That made um, you realize, wow, this is a different message than within Mormonism. Yeah. I had a friend on Facebook, uh, this this old guy. Um, he was really nice. Um, but I was suffering through depression and anxiety right before all this was happening. So there was a lot of things going on. And uh, I was kind of, you know, part of the reason why I was searching out for God was because I didn't want to live anymore. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And if I were to somehow die um i didn't want to go to hell mm. yeah bless you so then you're searching for spiritual answers and where do you find them um i just so i, I told you how i befriended this uh this old man i yep. reached out in a depression support group on facebook and i made a post just this little post about how i was feeling and this this 
this guy reaches out to me in Messenger, and we were just talking a little bit, and then we ended up talking about religion. And then I told him about my Mormon family and my upbringing, and I was questioning it. And then he apparently knew about Mormonism as well. He was an evangelical. He told me that he almost got baptized in the Mormon church years ago. Wow. And so I was intrigued about, like, you know, what his experiences were. So he kind of shared some things with me that got me thinking and researching things and learning about um, Mormon history. And, uh, and then I learned about um, Christianity and the Bible. And I, was, I looked up into, like, the archaeology of the Bible. Like, I was really intrigued by all of this stuff. And then at some point during all of that, uh, it, that's when I was, like, saved. I, I came to know the gospel of Jesus. And so let me, let me ask you this. Would you say that the part of the, either the root or the a contributing factor to the depression had to do with your Mormon belief that you had to be better and you felt like you weren't measuring up? Yeah, absolutely. I had struggled through depression for a, a while on and off, um, but it wasn't as strong as it was in that time. So how was the grace message, a drink of cold water to the idea that you had to be perfect? It kind of opened my eyes to what true love really was, um, mm. what unconditional love and to be loved fully for who you are, um, no matter what you've done. Um, learning that got me to feel this overwhelming um, love that I had never felt my whole life. Wow. And I love that you said that because often people say that we Christians are judgmental, that we're harsh, right? That, that we're the ones who are offering conditional love. But grace is all about unconditional love from an amazing God who didn't need to do that for us. And then because we feel so loved by that, that offering, that gift, that imputed righteousness, then we want everybody else to know how freeing it is, right? Yeah. My, my, my. We well, have mined a lot of good stuff today, Joel. And we're Yeah, and we're kind of at the end of this end of this podcast yeah. episode too. So I would say, you know, we'll take a couple extra minutes. You know, Michael, so what do you have got what do you have got going on now? Um, what are you involved in? Where can people find you? Um, so talk, just talk to us a little bit about uh, the podcast and about the book. Yeah, so it's it's funny because I came out of the church and I just saw all these, you know, uh, spiritual giants around me, you know, people who've been witnessing the Latter-day Saints for a long time. And I thought I will never have anything to contribute because I'm coming so late to the party. But I have to laugh. God obviously called you, so you got to work, Michael. Yeah, apparently, <laughs> apparently I don't get to just lay around and not do anything. <laughs> so I've got some things going now. Um, I've, I've actually got a, a website up that I blog at, and that's uh, from watertowine.org. So I've, okay. I've started to write apologetic articles there, so you can you can find that. I'm also doing a podcast with two of my friends, Paul and Matthew, and that's called the Outer Brightness Podcast. And then I have a book coming out July 30th, Falling into Grace. Wow, so this month. Yeah, 
it's I'm gonna have to do a little bit more work on it, so I need to get busy. But uh, okay. yeah, July thirtieth is my my date for that to come out. And All right. And by the way, for everybody who's listening, we will put links to Michael's podcast, to his website in the show notes. So um, all of our episodes have show notes and we'll make sure in the show notes, there's ways that you can connect to Michael. And I don't know, Michael, should we link to that infamous uh, YouTube interview with um, <laughs> Dave? With David? <laughs> I think we have to so that people can see just how awkward it was because it was incredibly awkward. The way. Okay. Well, if you're good with that, we'll add that in just as kind of a historical touch point. And I've read Michael's book, Falling Falling to Grace, right? Falling into Grace. Yep. Falling into Grace. Love it. Love it. I I will endorse it. And however, Michael, I can help um, get the message out. It's always wonderful when someone um, will be public and, and verbalize, right? How wonderful life is in grace, how healing and um, how not to be afraid and how to just walk through even those hard relational things. Um, yeah. I really yeah. appreciate the book. It, it was definitely a challenge. And, and like Brianna, I would say that it was, it was all worth it. And if I had to do it all again, I would do it 10 times over again because of, of what it's worth, you know, just to have, been found in the grace of Christ. And I just, I just wanted to share my testimony with you guys too, as, as we end the podcast here, but I absolutely, I have it in, in writing here in the, the last, you know, couple uh, paragraphs in my book. So I'm just going to read it if that's all right. Absolutely. That'd be great. Thank you. When I leapt off the grace cliff, a funny thing happened. My foundation crumbled and I found myself spiraling out of control. A foreign gravity took hold and elevated me. I spun around and found that I had been viewing things upside down my whole life. I used to think you could only find God in a holy place, like a temple. In reality, Jesus leaves the 99 to find his lost sheep. He's in prisons and courtrooms, ransoming the condemned. He's in hospitals healing the sick, and in the streets turning orphans into his children. I was closest to Christ when I was in the dark, in over my head, facing heartbreak and loss. That's where the Savior is to be found. Mm -hmm. I used to believe you had to pull yourself out of the muck because Jesus didn't want to get his hands dirty. Nothing could be further from the truth. When I was in the muck of sin, he jumped in to save me. He was completely immersed in sin, and as a result, I am covered in his perfect righteousness. Before, I was the one holding grace up to God as if I earned it. Now grace was holding me up to God as a prize he has ransomed. I am not worthy because I obtained righteousness. I am clean because Christ died for me, even though I was his enemy. The road to saving grace wasn't easy to travel. It required me to take up my cross and lose my life, but in so doing, new life was found. Now I'm a soldier in the army of the forgiven. I am in the company of former criminals, adulterers, and liars. None of us is a stranger to heartbreak, sorrow, and defeat. We know what it means to reach the end of one's rope and die, only to be raised anew. The Savior has turned our cries to laughter, and our despair has become a song of redemption that fills land and sea, glory in the name of the Most High God. I know the powers of darkness flee at the name of Jesus. He is the author and finisher of my faith. The heavens, the earth, and everything in them are His, and I am too. Wow, that is so powerful. Thank you. Um, and probably what we will do is include that uh, as part of our transcript, as part of our show notes, because I think that's such a great expression. And uh, yeah, thank you, Michael. Thank you, Brianna, for sharing with us. 
Yeah, thanks. And with our audience, it's been such a pleasure having you guys on, getting to know you. I'm Love guessing you. you're not going to be a stranger to the podcast. Uh, as a fellow podcaster, we have to kind of cross-pollinate. So we'd love to have you back at some point. I would love that. That'd be great. Yeah, we should do some topical stuff, Michael. That would be awesome. Um, and Brianna, oh my gosh. Thank you for sharing all of that from your heart. That's huge. It's huge. So many people struggle like that. And the root of that is that silly message that you can make yourself perfect. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's a voice. That's of the not day. only silly. It's just, it's such a lie yeah. um, that enslaves so many people yeah. and drives them to despair. Um, and yet you're prayers. beautiful. Look how beautiful yes. you are. <laughs> no, she is. You are. You are. Oh my gosh. Thank you, Lord. Yes. Well, we should close, Joel. We haven't officially closed. Um, yep, absolutely. So to those of you who are listening to the podcast, again, thank you so much for being part of our listening audience. Uh, we encourage you to share it. Um, all of our episodes are available. So if you just joined us for the first time and you're like, wait, wait, this is the middle of the story with uh, Michael and Brianna, you can find all of our episodes, including the previous ones from them at our podcast website, which is unveilinggracepodcast.com. And uh, all the episodes are searchable. You can pull up that search section and search Michael, search the title of his book, and every place where that comes up, you can find it immediately with a transcript and jump right to the audio. So please feel free to do that. And or find us on iTunes or Spotify. Right. iTunes, well. Spotify, Google. Um, the podcast is there. So, yeah, subscribe to it. Never miss an episode. They're all free. And we are delighted to have people share them. And we're here to honor the God of grace and grace and peace until next time. So long. Thank you for listening to the Unveiling Grace podcast. Join us next time for another conversation devoted to helping your life and relationships flourish. As always, you can find show notes, program transcripts, and leave us your comments and questions at unveilinggracepodcast.com. For a limited time, we are offering the Wilder's book, Seven Reasons We Left Mormonism, for a donation of any amount. Go to unveilinggracepodcast.com and click on the free book button to request yours. We greatly appreciate your support for the Unveiling Grace podcast, where you can experience a grace that heals. Mm -hmm.